Looking for a graduation gift to inform, inspire, and encourage? When you give a subscription to Christianity Today, you're giving redemptive, relevant news and thoughtful balanced dialogue about the church, current issues, and public theology. Visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to get a discounted student subscription for the graduates in your life. Starting at only $2 per month, this gift will engage and grow their faith throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes or visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to order now. Welcome back to the Questions and Ethics program. I'm Philip Bethencourt, joined here with Russell Moore. And today, Dr. Moore, I want us to have you help us think some more about issues related to racial reconciliation. So in the past week or two, the country has been captivated by the issues that have unfolded in Ferguson when there was no indictment made there. And just today, we found out that the police officer who killed Eric Garner by a chokehold in New York City was also not indicted for what took place there. And I think it raises a lot of questions for a lot of people. How should we be thinking about these issues? What does this mean about the justice system in America? How do we help our churches navigate the types of controversy that's going on around us? So what thoughts would you have for us in the wake of this about what it means for racial reconciliation in our culture and in our churches in particular? Well, I've said uh, quite a few times that when it comes to the Ferguson decision, uh, you have uh, a lot of uh, of white people, particularly, who who look at it only in terms of Ferguson itself. And they're saying, and and they're right, that we don't know exactly what happened between Michael Brown and and this uh, police officer. We don't know uh, exactly what this altercation uh, was about. But we, we have our African-American brothers and sisters who are saying to, uh, to the rest of the community, but we're looking at this through a bigger picture of a situation in which uh, there is often unjust and unequal treatment uh, happening, especially for black males in this culture. Uh, and I think that's an important point to make. Now, with this Eric Garner thing, I mean, I... I, I just found out about this within the last hour. Uh, we're, we're here recording in our studio, and I, I am shocked and grieved. I, I, I'm sitting here wondering what could possibly be the explanation for this. I mean, there is no excuse that I can think of for choking a man to death for selling illegal cigarettes. This is about cigarettes. This isn't a violent confrontation. Uh, that this isn't a, a, a threat that, that, that any, anybody has reported of a threat of, of uh, someone being killed. This is someone being choked to death. We have it on video with the man pleading for his life. There, there, is, there is no excuse for that that I can even contemplate or imagine right now. And so we, we've heard a lot in, in recent uh, days about rule of law, and that's exactly right. Uh, we need to be emphasizing rule of law. And a rule of law that is biblically just is a rule of law that carries out justice equally. Uh, Romans 13 says that the sword of justice is to be wielded against evildoers. Now, what we too often see still is a situation where our African-American brothers and sisters, especially brothers uh, in this country, are more likely to be arrested, more likely to be executed, more likely to be killed. 
And this is a situation where we have to say, I just wonder uh, what the defenders of this would possibly say. I just don't know. But I think we have to to acknowledge that something is is wrong uh, with uh, with the system at this point, and something has to be done. And uh, frankly, I, I'll just tell you, nothing is more controversial in American life than this issue of whether or not we're going to be reconciled across racial lines. I mean, I have seen some responses uh, coming after simply saying, in light of Ferguson, that we need to talk about why it is that white people and black people see things differently. And I said what we need to do is to have churches that come to, together and know one another and are knitted together across these racial lines. And I have gotten responses and seen responses that are right out of the White Citizens Council uh, material uh, from 1964 in my home state of Mississippi, uh, seeing people saying there is no gospel issue involved with racial reconciliation. Are you kidding me? There is nothing that is clearer in the New Testament than the fact that the gospel breaks down the dividing walls that we have between one another. The gospel is what turns us away from hating our brother. So much so that John says in 1 John 3 that the one who hates his brother is not of the Spirit of Christ but is of the spirit of the evil one, of the spirit of the devil. If that's not a gospel issue, then I don't know what is. And so we do have some real problems uh, in society around us. We have some real problems in our own hearts and in our own churches. And then we have, uh, we have a, a group of people, a small group of people. Not, not, uh, I'm not saying this is a lot of people. We have, a, we have some unreconstructed racists in, in American society. I'm going to say that. And we have some of them who continue to come and to sit in pews of churches and pretend as though they're disciples of Jesus Christ. And we have some other people who are willing to speak to any possible issue from the framework of Scripture that goes on in the world until it comes to the question of whether or not maybe we do have some legitimate problems being faced by our African-American brothers and sisters in Christ, and then at that point, they become completely silent. Oh, the gospel doesn't speak to this. I think that's wrong. Some of these issues are going to be complicated, and some of these particular—we're going to have—when it comes to Ferguson, people are going to have different understandings of, well— uh, you know, do, do you think that what, what should the grand jury have done and how should they have handled this? There can be some different interpretations of this. But, folks, when we've got police officers killing a man on video with a chokehold, can we not say there, there are still some problems in American society when it comes to race? And if we can't say that, if the Church of Jesus Christ cannot say that you know, we, we don't have all the answers for how to fix the systemic structures, but what we do know is that we and our churches ought to be grieving over the fact that we are siloed away from one another into white churches and black churches and Latino churches far too often, and that one of the ways that we ought to embody the gospel of Jesus Christ is by congregations that love one another and that go beyond carnal divisions and instead signal what 
Paul says to the church in Ephesus at Ephesians chapter 3 is the manifold wisdom of God in breaking down the division between Jew and Gentile, breaking down the division between Scythian and Jew. But all of these divisions broken down so that our identity is in Christ, so that we love one another and know one another. The situation that we have right now is not the book of Acts. It would be easy in Acts chapter 6 for the disciples simply to say, well, the Greek widows are having problems. That's the Greeks' problem. Let, let the Greek church handle that. No, it's Jewish apostles setting aside deacons, Jewish deacons, in many cases, to minister to the Greek widows. Why? Because the Greeks weren't some other part of the body of Christ. They're part of one body. And if we can't start to model that within our churches and start to show that in our churches to the outside society, then I'm not sure what we have to say. Thanks for listening to this special edition of the Questions and Ethics program. I want to encourage you to pray for our country and our churches in light of these recent things that have unfolded on racial reconciliation. We'll be back again with you soon to talk about how to apply the gospel to the pressing issues of the day. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com/equip.